I don't want to. I don't have to. I don't need to. And I kind of think it's dumb. These are just a few of the statements that some folks make that are resistant to prepping. They're honestly relying on somebody else to take care of them. So we want to explore this topic. Why are some people so resistant to prepping? We'll get into that when we come back. Welcome to Practical Prepping. Today is December 13th, 2023. This is episode 441. This is the Prepping Podcast with no bunkers, no zombies, and no alien invasions. We're just practical prepping, where we believe that stuff happens, so we need to stay prepared. And we're here to help you get prepared. I'm Krista. And I'm Mark. And today we'll be talking about why some people are resistant to prepping And we're going to dig into some of the thinking of those folks. Well, they're out there. Yeah, they're out there. They're out there. We're hearing from them. And really, Krista and I, this started from a conversation we actually had when we were driving in the car yesterday. And that conversation just led us deeper and deeper into the reasons a lot of people don't prep. Well, you know, we've actually seen some deadly storm activity over the weekend. Mm -hmm. And sadly, our hearts do go out to those communities and families that were affected by some tornado damage. There were some fatalities. There were a tremendous amount of injuries. And more and more and more, we kept seeing the same topic of, what do we do now? Mm -hmm. We've lost everything. We don't know where to go. We don't know what to do. And that's going to happen to, I mean, even a prepper can be devastated, you know, by storm damage. But then we begin to ask ourselves, now we've got some people out there that really, honestly, they don't have anything but the clothes on their back. Mm -hmm. They don't have anything in storage. They don't have anything they can go to, to help them out as resources to get them through this tough time. Now, if you'd like the expanded notes for this episode, go to practicalprepping.info forward slash 441. Yes. Now, before we jump into our topic, we do have a bit of a new product we want to tell you about. Our book is out. Tell us about it, Mark. Yes. The 31-Day Devotional for Preppers yes. is out. Uh-huh. It is on the website. Now, depending on whether you're looking at a tablet or whether you're looking at a laptop, will kind of determine where you will find it on there. Ah, uh, yes. It may be, if you're on a phone, it's probably all the way to the bottom. Yes, so you just scroll down the front page and you'll find it there on the bottom. Click on that link and it will take you to the Amazon who distributes the book. And if you're on a computer, laptop, desktop, or a tablet, it will be over on the right-hand side, and it's a blue cover. In fact, the cover of this book is taken from the front of the website. Yeah, so so it's very recognizable. It's very recognizable, and we've got several more books in the works, Mm -hmm. and we're going to do 31-day devotional for a number of different people. Yeah, it's kind of like our... If if we don't mind borrowing the idea of the chicken soup for the soul, and we're going to have different devotionals for different lines of work, different lifestyles, mm-hmm. different types of people, young, old, working, retired, what have you. So we've, we've got that 31-day devotional. It's like a month-long series uh, in the book. It's a short book, but it's going to take you through a month, and they would make fantastic gifts. And yes, just, they would, and I checked mm-hmm. today, and if you order it within the next couple of days— it says it will arrive before Christmas. Hey, sweet. 
stocking so stuffers. That, that's just something to to let you know. We're proud of this, and uh, we hope that you would enjoy it. We've had a number of folks asking about it. We posted it on Facebook a couple of days, and it's just taken a little bit to get the word out on the podcast, even though we did tease it back a few weeks back. Yes, we did. We did let people know. And we also put it on our social media, Facebook, to let you know that it was coming. And now we have announced that it is indeed available. So we certainly appreciate your interest in this book. And we hope that it's going to bless you and bless others that you give it to. Yeah. Now let's talk about this subject about why some folks don't prep. You know, it makes me think about every young person or even older person that's living today that is resistant to prepping has somehow forgotten that they had great grandparents at some mm-hmm. point that totally prepped. And our grandparents, great grandparents as well, were preppers before prepping was cool. Absolutely. I mean, they didn't call it prepping, but they knew exactly what they were doing because they were putting food away, harvesting food, growing food, canning food. They were their own mechanic. They were their own blacksmith. They were their own doctor. They had to do this because this was absolutely necessary in order to live day to day. Well, they called it life. Yeah. And that's why they prep. They had to prep to get to next year when the harvest came in. They had to be able to live from right now. So this being December, they would be living out of stored foods because pretty much everywhere uh, the gardens are already laid by. Yeah. They're, They're done. So they had to have enough food to get all the way till the garden started producing next year. Yeah. And they would sometimes harvest some of their meats, their the beef, the pork, the chicken. And this is where a lot of the drying and the smoking mm-hmm. and preserving of the meats came. I mean, this is a technology that goes back to very ancient man. This was necessary for them to do. And you know what really stands out to me What's regarding that? the great grandparents and all the generations before? They knew in their heart that they themselves had to rely on they themselves. Exactly. This, the government existed, but the government's purpose was not to coddle them and take care of them and take them by the hand. They had to be grown-ups, and they had to be mature, and they had to be forward-thinking. And you know, I think a lot of them were reading Scripture. They were. And were taking a lot of the things from Scripture that teach prepping. A lot of people don't realize that the Bible teaches us to prep. Oh, absolutely. And that's really where this book came from. Mm -hmm. It's devotions that deal with prepping. Some, it's direct, like the story of Joseph. Oh, yes, when they prepared for seven years for the famine that was coming. And not just for them, but for a whole nation plus some. Yes. Others are inferred. And so you just, you have to look at it and we'd be interested in what you think about it, but it's there. It's a resource for you. Okay. So why do we find these younger generations being so resistant to prepping? Well, maybe we think it's younger generations as a group, but I think there's some older folks too, but you know, everybody's got a different perspective about their own self-reliance. And while it's really not accurate to say that all the younger individuals are resistant to prepping. There are actually a few reasons why some appear to be less inclined to be in a lifestyle of preparedness. And one of those, and I've encountered this personally among people that I know, and as a group, there is this sense of invincibility 
and particularly younger people. Anybody that, that knows a young person knows that they have a sense of invincibility. They actually think, okay, nothing bad will happen to me. And that can lead you to a perceived lack of urgency when it does come to preparing for a potential emergency or a disaster. I mean, I, my heart goes out to teenagers, especially when really, really bad, awful things happen. And they're absolutely completely devastated because they've never encountered a thought that this terrible cataclysm could take place. And they have they don't even have the emotional skills to even process a natural disaster, a horrible wreck, a terrible, sad situation in their family, a job loss. They're absolutely helpless mm -hmm. and they don't know how to mentally prepare or physically prepare. Because they've got that sense of invincibility. Sure. Another is reliance on technology. A lot of us can raise our hand on that. But I know what you're saying is that folks that have been raised with a device in their hand cannot imagine a world without it. They just can't. And they've even experimented. They've tried to have these young people surrender their devices for a day, two days, a week. They can't do it. They, they give up. They can't do it. So that over-reliance on technology, it makes them feel that they're connected to everything that's going on and that it doesn't really affect them personally. And there's such a convenience there. And there's, I mean, it's not at all bad. It's just the reliance on it can become, exactly. can become exactly. artificial. Relying on it gives us that sense of dependency. Oh, yeah. And we assume that the systems will always be in place to support them. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is the most terrifying thing you can tell a person today that's completely addicted to their device is, A, you have no more battery power, and B, there's no way to charge it. Mm -hmm. They are devastated. Now, that's something to think about. And that can be one of the other reasons why a person, whether they're young or even older, if they're overly reliant on the technology and they never even in consider what living without that would be like, then they're really going to be as lost as a ball in high grass. And that generation today, and, and I'm really putting this in the under 40 crowd. Okay. Okay. They have different priorities. Yeah. And the younger they get, the more different those priorities are. Mm -hmm. And they prioritize different aspects of their lives. It might be prioritizing the education, which I'm not saying is bad. We do need to prioritize right. that education, but it does not need to be first. We need to prioritize ourselves and our families. And we see people looking, I mean, there's nothing in their life more important than career advancement. Yeah, we saw a movie about that just last night. <laughs> yeah. A young lady had so prioritized her job that she just about missed out on the really important parts of life, you know, love and satisfaction and a, a deep sense of personal accomplishment. But she was looking at her job as her all in all, mm -hmm. and it imploded on her. Now, there's also an optimism and a trust in society. Yep. Believe it or not, that's a true. A lot of younger individuals have grown up in a relatively stable period. Right. And they have confidence in the societal structures and the ability of authorities to handle emergencies. Mm. They've not seen what we've seen. Well, you know, and, and I'm just going to say it in real words. You don't have to agree with me, but I'm going to say it that a lot of younger, younger generations, school age kids, their parents and their grandparents have handled everything. 
And they've actually purposefully not allowed their children to fail or to have anything negative impact their life. They've tried to keep it as a happy, happy, joy, joy existence so that when bad things do happen, now they've got kids that don't have any skills because some authority figure in their life has just swooped in and handled everything. So they get this thinking that, well, mom and dad did it. Grandma and grandpa took care of me. Now the government's going to be my surrogate parents. I'll let the government take care of me, and I just don't want to worry about the bad stuff. And that leads to a belief that prepping's unnecessary. Yeah, until something happens. Yeah, it's not necessary until it is. I've actually had some what I call prep resistors to say storing food and water is excessive and unnecessary. It's storing gear is excessive. That's that's a selfish thing to do. I'm, I'm like, you've got it all wrong. You, it couldn't be more unselfish, mm-hmm. really, in a sense. But that's because this is a generation so often that has been trained to think of number one and nobody else or yep. very, very little. And so that does give them a false sense of who's in charge here. Considering the emergencies and crises that you and I have faced both together and individually, if I just stood around with my hands flung in the air, waiting for someone to come along and fix me or, or save me or, or whatever, I would, I'd still be out there in the road with my mm-hmm. hands up in the air. I'm glad to know that I have my own resources that I can rely on. And they've been there. Mm-hmm. And, and I've got people I can rely on who have been there. And I'm there for them. They can rely on me. I know how beneficial a preparedness lifestyle is. And I'm stunned that more and more people are still very, very much against it. And I think part of our mission is to allow you the information to make up your own mind about it. I would never force anybody to live my lifestyle, Mm -hmm. but I'm certainly going to tell you what benefits me. And I think a lot of times if it benefits me and you, it can benefit them. Sure it can. But you're talking about that perception. You know, prepper has become a dirty word. Well, you know, that doomsday prepper doomsday show, prepper it kind of didn't help. Exactly. It hurt it, it tremendously. Mm-hmm. However, there are more preppers today than there were prior to that program. And But that program yeah. had nothing to do with it. That's true. That's, you know, now that we've also lived through a worldwide pandemic, that has certainly turned a lot of folks on their ear away from the reliance on government into self-reliance, mm-hmm. and they are a lot happier and more at peace because exactly. of it. But there's that perception of the prepping culture. The media does not help, even today. If we've got more than three days, what's recommended by the government, by FEMA, uh-huh. if we've got more than that stocked up, we're being excessive. Yeah, and I've actually read some places, and these are from official sources, that state that, at least on social media, they actually have asked people to out one another mm-hmm. in terms of knowing who's got food or water because they want to know who's got food or water. And do you think this may possibly be why some hardcore preppers are very, very, very close to the vest about this and they don't want to reveal this to anybody? And in fact, they even will get on social media which is funny because they're identified, but they also are saying you shouldn't be talking about it. You shouldn't be showing your pictures on Facebook. You shouldn't be developing these groups because you don't want a lot of people to know about it. So there's a large division even among preppers about how much you should share and who should be hearing it. And it's just funny how 
some folks, even in the prepper community, look down on other preppers for what they're doing. And so we also want to dispel some of that negativism Mm -hmm. as well. There's really no place for it. Preparedness isn't about trying to one-up each other or have an advantage over somebody. It is, though, trying to establish that we have a good thinking mind and we've got the wherewithal to think about what could happen tomorrow or possibly tonight. And there are so many stories of where the prepping resources came to the rescue. Well, what we're trying to do is get the advantage over the situation that may come up. And maybe even be a blessing to someone, even if the disaster doesn't affect us directly. Mm -hmm. Perhaps there's some way that our prepping resources can bless and benefit someone who's in dire need. Prepping is not all about grid down, EMP, end of the world as we know it. No, it's the everyday stuff. It's the everyday stuff. It's Mm -hmm. the practical stuff. And if the neighborhood nearby gets hit by a tornado and our neighbors don't have a way to eat or cook or anything like that, we'll pull our camping gear out and we'll set up out here on the front yard and we'll start cooking food. Well, I mean, that's because that's we can we replace it down the road. Sure, we can. We're, we're not going to sit out and, and say, oh, you know, it's horrible. Go. Or like, too bad for you. You should have yeah. done something. The it, government will be here in a few days. Yeah, it shouldn't be shaking any judgment fingers at people. Okay, we've talked about why some people are resistant to the idea of prepping. Okay. Let's talk about what causes some preppers to make the decision to become a prepper. I know that 2020 caused a lot of people to start stocking toilet tissue and nothing else. <laughs> you know, we often reference that, but I'll tell you, that was a turning point. That that was a turning point <laughs> for a lot of people. And sure they enough. went to the grocery store and they saw the meat counter empty. And they saw shelves empty. Exactly. And they had to get things they didn't want because they couldn't get what they wanted. And that was one thing that we lived through where we didn't have to worry about what we couldn't get at the grocery store because we had what we normally eat here, which will save a lot of folks a lot of time and out each other as preppers, okay? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Yeah. And, and, you know, we do tend to talk about it. Yeah, we do. And our whole purpose is to share what we do and to encourage you to become prepared. That's what it is. And along the way, we'll tell you sometimes why, sometimes we'll tell you what, sometimes we'll tell you how, sometimes we won't know what to tell you. Well, I've never been sorry for living a preparedness lifestyle. Oh, no. But what are some things that can cause people to make the decision to become a prepper? Well, it's, it's rather practical. The answer to that is, and there's several reasons. One of it would be past experiences. You know, until you have been in a natural disaster or a medical emergency or one of those life challenges that, you know, I've been where the bank account was zero. I've been where I had to leave my house and never go back. I've been in some situations I never realized I would go through. And maybe I'm glad in a way that I had that ignorance because I didn't have to dwell on it. But I've been in some natural disasters. I've been in some job loss. I've been in financial ruin. I've had challenging situations. And every single one of those things have taught me clearly that having prepared resources, either mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially, financially, any of those aspects, those past experiences prove time and time again 
that it's not if something ever happens to you, it's when and what is it? Because it's going to happen. Yeah. And it's like they say, experience is the best teacher. You better believe it. And I went through seven days of being snowbound with no power, a wife in a cast up to her hip and an 11 year old that wanted to go play in the snow and couldn't. Oh, gosh. You went through 10 days of very similar, but yours was not snow. It was Hurricane yeah, Hugo. Yeah, we had a hurricane. So you've gone through that 10 days without an operable kitchen and those kinds of things. So yeah. those personal experience of what we've actually witnessed. Now, how about the media and the news? Now, it, right. that sounds funny about people making the decision to become a prepper because of the media or the news. But think about it. Oh, we're getting news from every corner of the globe. We are, but we're giving reports on disasters. I mean, we've seen the stories and the photos that are coming out of Tennessee where they had six people killed and houses totally demolished, gone, people killed. We've seen lots of reports on pandemics, social unrest. That causes people to have a heightened awareness of some of the potential risks. You know, we even talked about that not too long ago about situational awareness and about being aware in your community what protests are taking place, what types of war protests particularly. Anti-Semitism is, is a rampant problem. So many different kinds of social unrest things that cause people to gather and protest. Mm -hmm. You need to be aware of those types of things and possibly avoid them because there's always a potential for some violence to break out. And you just don't want to be found in that place. One of the things that we are seeing is the number of gun owners going up, Yeah, particularly first-time gun owners. Right. You know who the largest demographic of new gun owners is? Probably middle-aged women. Black females. Yeah, okay. Black females. Right. Well, you know, they, most most any female is going to have a sense of fear sure, about but, society. But they're also, I mean, they're seeing these people being attacked by five, six, eight people. Mm-hmm. And the one I read most recently and the lady talking about it, She became very concerned about could she protect her young son, who was like eight or nine years old, if something happened. So that moved her to purchase her first firearm. I certainly hope she gets some good training with it. and, And she said she was getting training. Good. And we've had other listeners that after they started listening to the show at some point and have told us that they purchased handguns for both the husband and the wife. For the same reasons, they're seeing what's going on, and it's a desire to be better prepared for situations. So the media and the news, in a sense, certainly does want to turn people toward self-reliance. Well, I don't know if they want to turn us toward self-reliance, but they're causing us to turn toward self-reliance. Right. Because of what they're showing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure that that's their intended purpose. <laughs> that may not be their intention. They may be actually sharing more than they realize. But I think a lot of times they want to make us look bad. Well, that may be so. But what they actually turn out doing is producing enough information to give someone food for thought. Mm-hmm. And if you really, really think it through, then you realize, you know, this self-reliance thing is pretty cool. I really need to get into it. That and I have a responsibility to protect my wife and my family. Yes. You know, and I, 
I think a lot of people do feel that very viscerally, you know, both men and women, particularly the mature and adult members of a household, particularly if you have loved ones or ones for whom you care for, elderly family members, infants, young children. It is a sense of responsibility. Mm -hmm. You you need to be able to be responsible and mature and provide resources and protection for those vulnerable members of your household that cannot protect themselves. You've, you've really got to step up your game. You can't be focused on your own careers and your own self to the exclusion of your children or your elderly parents who, who really need your care. And sometimes it is, it's very sacrificial. You mm -hmm. do have to step up. But preparedness helps you learn the tools and the ways and will guide you into being able to live in a peaceful way and knowing that you've got some bases covered. I'm telling you, you can't buy that peace of mind. No, you can't. But you can buy the things that help you to have it. You certainly can. And that's, like the money doesn't buy happiness. They don't know where to shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're shopping in the wrong place. You know it. It's like I posted on social media the other day, particularly where my family and everybody could see it too. And I said, you say I, I'm hard to shop for? I'm really not. You know where the gun shop is? Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. not hard to shop for at uh -huh. all. Yeah. It's been a great episode. And our next episode, we're going to come back and talk about some of how our great grandparents actually prepared some of the things that they had to take considerations into, how they handled some of the things that we don't yet have to deal with or that we have better ways to deal with today. Today's cup of coffee comes from Renee. Thanks, Renee. Renee, we really do appreciate it, and it helps us a lot. If you receive value from the podcast, would you help us by giving back a little? First, you can buy us a cup of coffee like Renee did. Second, you can start your Amazon shopping from our website. Costs you nothing extra, but it pays a small commission on qualifying purchases. And you'll find the links to both of those at practicalprepping.info. Both help us out, and we really do appreciate it. Yes, we do. Also, we appreciate it if you would buy the 31-day devotional for preppers, and that is the 31-day. Yeah, the number 31-D-A-Y, yeah, 31-day. The 31-day devotional for preppers. You find it on Amazon. Go to our website, click on it, and it'll take you straight to it. Not hard to find at all. And as Krista says, stuff happens. You have got to stay prepared. And we'll see you next time.